Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another uh, Donneron Monologue podcast. I am your host, Bo. And our sponsor for this week is, uh, once again, Ashley Luann K. And she can be found on Instagram. Uh, we have provided a link to that Instagram in the uh, description of this video, in the comment section, or depending on what platform you're looking at, you will find a uh, link to her Instagram there. And that is a great Instagram if you're wanting resources on nursing and things of uh, that nature, education, the profession, lifestyle, etc. This one's going to be very weird because I this is the first time we've ever done two shots. Uh, so we have camera A and camera B, and that's going to... Uh, I typically look off very weirdly anyway when I'm doing these. I never know what to look at. But uh, so in the past, we've used video games to discuss uh, sort of a social phenomena that uh, surround people in the millennial age group. Uh, people, I guess, aged in their late 20s to their early 40s now. I don't I don't exactly know where that lies, but uh, we use that to talk about it. And one thing is... Um, so one aspect of a uh, life that millennials are much more liberal about talking about uh, than our parents were was uh, religion. And religion shows up in video games a lot. Uh, and I'm not talking about religious games like uh, Noah's Ark 3D for uh, Super Nintendo, the ones that are overtly uh, doing a religious message, which uh, Noah's Ark 3D, actually a legit game. Uh, it was actually, uh, I think, ported in America by Konami. Uh, check that out sometime on the Super Nintendo. It's actually uh, it's a Doom clone where uh, you're putting the animals on Noah's Ark by shooting them with a slingshot that designates that they go on the Ark or something. It's actually it's it's actually kind of fun. It's a Doom clone. Check it out. Uh, but um, so it, it, where we see these the most is I'm talking about religions that are made up for the world of a video game. Uh. And they they vary wildly. There's uh, the overt Catholic Church of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, where it's just obviously a Catholic uh, or church organization, all the way to um, the very uh, the very strange sort of uh, Jedi offshoots in uh, Kotor Two. There's there's a lot to it, and the weird part is these almost never get fleshed out all that much. Because uh, a game world, typically, especially in a JRPG, is m built around telling one story. Every major event that will ever happen in that world happens in that one story. Maybe something major happened in the past, but that's only to give background and uh, exposition to the current story that's happening. So, Because uh, I had a friend the other day tell me that uh, he didn't like JRPGs because the lore was too loose. There wasn't enough lore to learn. Well... They're not going to write tomes and tomes and tomes and tomes and tomes of something that they're only going to put in one game ever. Unlike Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV, which, uh, again, in the Final Fantasy XIV monologue I did, uh, those books are just chock full of information. I was reading one before I came over here. I was reading the section on religion in their world and just, man, the amount of work. Like, there's, I will go to, I will go to my grave saying there's 12 times the lore in Final Fantasy XIV than there is in WoW, and I didn't realize it until I got those books. It's incredible. But so uh, these religions are typically very simplistic. And the reason I'm talking about the religions in JRPGs is they're almost always made for you to find out halfway through the game <laughs> that they were made as a conspiracy against uh, the protagonist's people or the people of the planet they're on or something of that nature. But uh, anyway, I thought of this because, uh, of course, our longest-running podcast series we've ever done, one that we're still doing, and I think it might go down as my favorite of all time, 
Xenogears. Uh, and Xenogears, of course, you find out relatively early in the game for that game, for that 120-hour game, uh, that uh, the religion in that world was made up to cow the people of the surface. And that's what got me thinking, is this always happens at JRPGs. These religions are almost always found to be some nonsense or other. And it's something that I never realized was so predictable, but it is. Because it happens almost every time. Or at the very best, someone within this religion is abusing it to do something where the religion might be fine, but someone's abusing it. And that's what we that's more akin to what we see of in real life. There aren't really bad religions. There's bad people practicing badly within a religion. Um so uh all the Richard Dawkins fans watching the show just logged off right then. <laughs> like, um but uh so I'm playing through Final Fantasy Ten right now and uh my son has the switch all night so I'm not gonna be playing it tonight. Uh thanks kid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I have been playing it, and uh, that's sort of what's going on there. And um, in Final Fantasy fourteen, of course, uh, a couple patches ago, we found out that that religion wasn't necessarily uh, the Ishgardian religion, wasn't necessarily what the Ishgardians thought. But we could see that coming because I found that JRPGs have a clue to let you know that the religion in this world was made up and fake by the people in that world, you know, from their scope. Um, and that is how Catholic is it. The more Catholic it is, the more likely you're going to see this scenario happen. And the Ishgards, of course, have a, they're controlled by, uh, you know, the Holy See, their religion, which is another name for, uh, the Catholic Pope. Um, and that's, uh, they, they just sort of, ju- I just remembered that reading through those books. I remember that patch and everything. And it's just, that seems to be your clue that you're getting into that. Um, and this sort of goes back to JRPGs somewhere along the line decided there had to be a huge twist in the story for it to be a good story. Of course, stories don't require huge twists. They just require an interesting... There's no real... For instance, I think one of the best stories ever told is Lord of the Rings. There's no real big twist. There's no real big shock. Like, Aragorn doesn't turn out to be Sauron. But uh, we we sort of attribute that now to a good JRPG story. And some certain JRPGs really deliver that. Uh, Final Fantasy X is a great example. Um, Final Fantasy IX was a bad example because the big twist in that story was that Zidane was from another planet and he was sent to destroy this planet. But of course, he's a guy with a tail, so he's, he's literally Goku's story. That wasn't really a great twist. but um, And it's interesting, I think, to note something that the, it's typically within JRPGs that we find this religion uses a, is a weapon for the bad. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Religions in these games are typically used as a weapon for the bad guy, whether the religion was made up by the bad guy to subvert people or they're using a perfectly innocent established religion to do so. And uh, this is something that a lot of American audiences, when these, the JRPG explosion happened in the nineties, we couldn't get enough of them after final fantasy six, which was released as three in North America at first. And then uh, seven, we blew up and we just couldn't get enough. And we kept bringing these over and games that would never have been released like saga frontier on the PlayStation. This game never would have made it to American shores. If Squaresoft hadn't perfectly marketed a desire and need for these RPGs, uh, Adam's holding up a uh, trials of mana. He just got, um, which is another uh, square classic. And 
it's it's incredible how long it took for Trials of Mana to get its remake. Speaking of that drive we had for, but we wanted a very specific type of RPG. We wanted this turn-based traditional JRPG. But this element of JRPGs that was so prominent in that era is something that, uh, and I don't even know that a lot of people notice this, but the weaponization of religion by a bad guy in these JRPGs, but it's something that would have offended American audiences pretty easily, I think, in the 90s. If these Now, when I say these games were selling millions of copies, but it wasn't like everyone knew about them. It wasn't Halo. Um, not everyone... Had, well, people knew about them, but not everyone played them. And uh, the reason that this didn't offend people, that religion was... And again, I don't think it's made out to be bad, but it seems that way if you're looking at it from a certain standpoint and... Uh, if you're coming from a very, uh, for lack of a better term, stuck up standpoint, and I, I don't, I just, it's incredible to me that this just sort of slipped under the radar and it wasn't made a more big a deal than it was. Because I remember uh, Mass Effect, the fact that there was a <laughs> a romance scene with an alien character. There was a U.S. senator that was trying to ban Mass Effect. I can't remember his name. Uh, three guesses which side of the aisle he sits on. <laughs> when the house meets but um the guy was absolutely furious that um and he claimed that you could make your own uh lover in the game in that it was uh just a game of sexual deviancy which uh of course it is uh mass effect is a sin i'm kidding play mass effect to your heart's content but um we're gonna do another mass effect uh soon i think another cast of that uh sort of an hd remakes but uh, I think it's important to note when watching this that these games are made by Japanese developers and religion just doesn't have the kind of taboo in Japan that it does over here. It just doesn't. They don't... They feel more free to express things without it being taken like as a personal attack, I guess. Uh, Evangelion. Um, mountains of biblical al- al- uh, allegory in Evangelion. Uh, the whole thing. Everything relates to the Bible somehow. Yeah, the explosions are literally crosses that shoot up into the sky. It's called Evangelion. Um, you know, a, a, a switch on the word uh, evangelism. And uh, Ano Hideaki, the creator, has stated emphatically in the media over and over again, it's because it was cool. It just seemed cool to take those names and those concepts. It was not a comment on Christianity at all. Uh, and Xenogears is obviously Xenogears is obviously just playing off of uh, Evangelion's um, shtick there. That's that's what that's what Xenogears was doing. So when Faye is in the machine that kills God, we find out, and by the point we're at in the podcast, uh, we even know that uh, Deus is a uh, not exactly it is not the Christian God, even though it is modeled thusly. There's this there's this divide that the Japanese just seem uh, between fiction and fact that the Japanese seem to, uh, or at least the people that wrote these games seem to understand better than certain American audiences. Now it never was a big deal in America. It, there was never a whole lot of outrage about the fact that, uh, you know, in Xenogears you play the, uh, you play the man who pilots the machine that will kill God. Uh, but there could have been if these games were more famous, like, which is what I guess I'm saying. Anyway, it's just something I noticed. Uh, anytime you're playing a JRPG and there's this huge central church, uh, you're probably going to see that church turn or someone within the church use it for nefarious purposes. Um, that's just something that's been on my mind this week thinking about it, man. Um, 
anyway, uh, if you could think of uh, other games other than JRPGs that have done this, uh, let us know in the comments. Um, I'm, I'm sure there have been. Uh, I know that... Uh, oh, I know there, there has to be Western games that have done this, but it, I, I have a feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Western games probably would have been way more edgy about it and would have been making these statements that these Japanese developed games could have been construed as having if you didn't have a better understanding. Uh, again, that's just speculation. Correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, in any case, uh, if you like you like the video, uh, like, share, subscribe. Get the word out there. Let people know about us. Uh, we're growing. We're starting to see a lot more feedback on our YouTube channel. Uh, starting to get a lot of comments there, and that's just fun. Like, yeah, analytics. Yeah, you know, it, it gets us out there more. But at the end of the day, it's just really fun to interact with people like that. And like, it, it makes you feel good. You know, you get a little notification on your phone, and the guy's like, uh, a gentleman um, told us uh, the other day that this is his favorite channel. That's cool. Like, <laughs> that's just cool, man. Um, so, uh, a gentleman or a lady, uh, I believe the uh, username is Mister, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's it, it is a Mister. So, gentleman, lady, or otherwise, it's awesome. It's just cool to hear. So, anyway, um, uh, please do the uh, the trinity of like, share, and subscribe, and uh, we will uh, come back at you again with another one.